Welcome to episode 13 of Murder We Write. I'm your host, Carol Goodman Kaufman. On this podcast, I talk with crime writers whose short stories and novels run the gamut from cozies to domestic thrillers. We'll learn from them about their craft, their process, and the business of writing. My guest today is Dale Phillips. Although Dale has worked for over 30 years as a technical writer, he has also worked as a farm laborer, bait salesman, yard worker, factory assembler, busboy, holiday Santa, and even as a blackjack dealer, among a host of other jobs. In his spare time, he has published novels, over 70 short stories, collections, articles, jokes, and poetry, and has appeared on stage, television, and in an independent feature film. So welcome Dale Phillips to Murder We Write. My first question to you is, we say always write what you know, but you write about many different places on the globe. How do you do that? Carol, thanks for having me on. Yes, the idea of variance in a writer's background is a great thing. Since I've traveled to all 50 states and about halfway around the globe, it's easy to come up with uh, stories, situations, and characters that reflect uh, many experiences which kind of get mixed together and yet uh, give a flavor of different cultures, uh, different attitudes, uh, different places. I like to set my novels in places that I know of, uh, such as Maine, my very beloved Maine where I grew up, uh, I've also uh, got one set in New Jersey, uh, one set in the Arizona desert, one set in the Canadian wilderness, and uh, one set in eastern Ohio. And my stories, of which I've had over 80 published, are all over the place. Some historical, some futuristic, some present day, but they're a mix of different ideas and different situations of all sorts of genres. I do... I do mystery, fantasy, horror, science fiction, magic realism, and even some nonfiction. And it's great to have so much material to work with that you're never at a loss for ideas. When you need to come up with a story, it's uh, you look into the old titles and ideas sections of what you've saved, and you go, there, that's what I like. We had a conversation at uh, one conference where people were saying that when mystery writers do a series, the first series, it's usually a reflection of something that they're very familiar with. Like Hank Phillippe Ryan uh, did a reporter, scrappy reporter who gets into mysteries, and they go, well, that's perfect, that's Hank. And Steve Ulfelder did, uh, I'm kind of a race car enthusiast, and a, a guy who's uh, hard-nosed and gets into trouble. And, okay, that's Steve. And after a couple more, they turn to me and I go, uh, well, I write about an alcoholic ex-con that's full of rage and guilt. And it stopped the conversation cold. <laughs> people, people do that. And, and I go, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. Really, it's, um, it's just fiction. <laughs> that's, that's not me. But it makes for interesting conversation when you can do that. Not that I know, uh, have personally been in prison, but have talked to some people uh, who have been in and have uh, actually uh, documented the struggle of people with substance abuse issues, such as my Zach Taylor in the uh, Zach Taylor series set in Maine, and people tell me that I got it right. Yes, that is the struggle that we have every day. 
and you've had so many jobs, Dale. So I have a two-part question here. Which of all the many jobs you've had, holiday Santa, blackjack dealer, bait salesman, were your favorites? And which, if any, have influenced your writing the most? Carol, I'd have to say that working in resort hotels all over the country was probably my favorite job and the most instructive as to all different classes of people, rich and poor, uh, across all strata of society and culture. And that gave me a, a great background of seeing that there's a lot of rich people who aren't happy and a lot of people without any money that are quite content with the way things are going. So that was a an eye-opening experience. And I worked in some beautiful resorts all over the country and had a great time. I was able to use many of the facilities that the guests did and get paid for it instead of paying for it. So that was fun. Dealing blackjack is also fun because I love the psychology of gambling, of what makes people take risks, what makes people spend money, and uh, how people react to adversity and good fortune. That was fun. And of course, the holiday Santa was was also a good one because you love to see children when they're not crying, but happy actually, and interacting with the Santa and just beaming afterwards, feeling like they've done something really cool in life. That was a lot of fun. There's, uh, everything goes into what I write. I call it the big sausage factory. Your experiences, your views and opinions, everything gets thrown into this giant mixture and some odd spice comes in from who knows where. And when you grind it up and then send it out, you're never sure what it's going to be like because no two things come out the same. And yet a lot of times it's interesting and it's got great flavor. And if you've put the right ingredients in, you've got something that's going to appeal to uh, different tastes, most definitely. And yes, uh, I think like the education of Louis L'Amour and other writers, the wide and varied background is excellent for being able to write a variety of different genres and characters and uh, tropes, actually. So have you ever had a Santa involved in a murder? Ah, uh, yes, I have. Uh, I've done a couple of stories. One with um, a woman who hates Christmas because her husband died on, on Christmas, and a fake Santa's involved, which is actually a Krampus, if you know the legend of that. And I have another story, uh, just uh, your plain old uh, mystery story, about a uh, policeman new to town who has to work the Christmas shift. And he comes out and he finds a dead Santa, and he has to try to find out uh, who killed Santa. So I have other stories planned, too. I plan on an entire uh, holiday-themed uh, Christmas collection when I can get the rest of the stories done. I've done about three or four, so when the rest come out, we'll be seeing that. Dale, one of the blurbs on your book, Shadow of the Wendigo, describes it as where crypto fiction meets horror. Can you describe for my listeners what crypto fiction is? Carol, uh, cryptids are strange, possibly supernatural animals that haven't quite uh, been identified as being real. Things like uh, Bigfoot, 
uh, for example. Uh, other uh, chupacabras, uh, certain items like that. And Lauren Coleman, who runs the Cryptozoology Museum up in Maine, is uh, uh, probably the foremost authority on uh, cryptids. And the idea of the Wendigo is that it is a winter spirit which epitomizes uh, starvation in the winter, being trapped and having to feed. And unfortunately, like the Donner Party, when there's only one source of food, that becomes the worst taboo that we as humans know to most societies. And I wanted to explore that as a psychological mechanism for what happens with people of especially Native American tribes who came up with this uh, Wendigo uh, myth. And it is very widespread across the north central United States and Canada. It is uh, common to the Algonquin, Cree, and Ojibwa tribes, and it's been around for hundreds of years. And so it's such a powerful metaphor for what happens in the wilderness in the winter when, you know, snow's on the ground for like six months of the year, and it's very easy to get trapped without provisions. But what happens psychologically to someone who is forced to survive by consuming other people? And I think it's a cracking good adventure yarn as well. But that's the one that people say, how long did it take to write? And it took 35 years because it was the first book I completed, but it wasn't good enough. And I didn't have the skill yet to be able to fix it, to bring it up to where it was. And it took a lot of years and other books in between getting written and published before I could come back to that with the elements that finally fell into place and were able to make it the tale I wanted. Now, at the time, I had not read Joseph Campbell's Hero's Journey and his mythology explorations. But when I finished the book and then read some Joseph Campbell, I went, oh, goodness, I've written the perfect hero's journey. Oh, well, here we are. We have all the characters. We have the trickster, the coyote. Uh, we have the mentor. We have the, uh, the sidekick. We have the hero himself who goes into the land of the dead and returns with the knowledge that he needs to defeat the monster. That's a, that's a wonderful thing. <laughs> and like I say, when it takes that long to write, you've got to make sure it's good by the end of it. Well, thanks for uh, clarifying that. I've read the William Kent Kruger novel, Windigo Island, but never realized that the wind was a krypton. A krypton? I tend to stick with more or less real people, although I do love a sentient dog, as was the character 630 in the book Lessons in Chemistry. You can't go wrong with a dog. Now, back to writing. Tell me how you go about starting a book or a short story. Do you outline? Do you do storyboards? Do you take photographs from magazines to inform how your characters look? Great question, Carol. Everybody wants to know how, how books are begun. Where do you get the idea? With my Zach Taylor series, everything is a quote from something in literature or life. Uh, we start with the Epic of Gilgamesh, the oldest story known to us, and there was a quote from that that really struck me. It's a, the story about a king whose friend is killed, and he goes off the rails. And I thought, there's a, there's a great metaphor for something that happens. And I found the quote uh, from the Epic of Gilgamesh, A Memory of Grief, and that became the first book. Now, when I start one of these, uh, other, other subsequent titles have been from Emily Dickinson, quotes from the Bible, uh, 
Um, even uh, the, the last words of Sir Walter Raleigh, everything is thematic. The quote is the theme of the book, and the cover has an illustration of a stone angel representing that theme as well. So everything is tied together. And, you, and I will know the start from the quote, and sometimes I will know the end as well. And then it's the process of getting through that story arc from the beginning of it with that powerful start and coming up with a powerful ending and making sure that the middle is up to snuff as well. Uh, other novels have just come from certain ideas. Uh, I had, you know, the Wendigo obviously was a very powerful myth I encountered when I was young and has always stuck with me. Other ones have sprung from places I've been, like the uh, Desert Heat is set in the Arizona desert, which I spent some time out in Phoenix and struck me as a very different world and one that needed to be recorded within the annals of mystery genre. There's Neptune City, of which I just like the name, and there was a great piece on YouTube about the song, and it just struck me. It was so ethereal and different, and I just started writing it, and I was influenced by Dave Daniel, who wrote a book, Reunion, about someone who comes back to their town and has to deal with the old issues. And my issue in this book is, what if somebody left that town, became a detective, and comes back and has to now solve a murder that occurred when he was 18, just before he left the town? I thought that was a lot of fun. So some of them, the stories especially, I write without ever knowing what's going to happen to it. I just have a title, a character, or a scene, and I start writing and I just don't know where it's going to go. Those are a lot of fun. And what about your characters? How do you envision them? Do you model them on people you know, people you see in the news, on screen? Most of my characters are drawn strictly from my imagination, not from real-life people or amalgamations of them, except for a noted few. I find that when you're creating someone, you can give them the motivations and put them in the stories you want to, whereas real-life people don't always fit those categories. I mean, I've met a lot of very interesting people in my lifetime, but, you know, do I want to write about them being murdered or eaten by monsters? In most cases, no. Although, you know, when someone does cross my path and rub me the wrong way, sometimes they do end up... Uh, coming out badly in some of my stories. One never knows. So you should always be nice to writers. A, because we can put you in something to ruin your reputation. Or B, we also spend a lot of time plotting murders and how to get away with them. Just saying. So what are you working on now, Dale? Well, I've already put out a uh, short story collection this day, at the start of this year and a uh, novel, my 10th novel. Right now, I'm working to complete a draft of uh, a nonfiction book of how to sell more books, because most of the writers we run across say, how can I sell more books? There must be a way. Yes, there are many techniques. The trouble is they are time-consuming, they take a lot of work, and they're best when they're used together. So if you're putting all your energies into marketing and selling more books, you're maybe not putting as much time into your craft as, as you want to. So I'm focusing to get this done before I start another big project, such as 
another novel, my 11th novel, but I'll probably do some short stories first to bang the rust off and get back in the groove. So that's what we've got going on currently. Also, I'm doing a lot of interviews this year and going to some more shows. I went to Malice Domestic this year, and that was a terrific conference down in Maryland in the spring. Met a lot of great people there, a lot of excellent writers, and uh, learned a lot of things. Thank you so much for joining me today, Dale, and for sharing with us your incredibly varied writing life and work history. Will we maybe see you in a big red suit in the shopping mall this Christmas? Well, when I was doing it before, I had to use a uh, pillow to, uh, because it was a rather thin Santa at the time, and now I much more fit the role, except for the beard. But uh, no, my, my days as a Santa are hopefully done. Uh, because I have so much else on my plate, trying to give the people of the world, not just children, all of these stories, which are my gifts to them. Carol, thank you so much for hosting me, and uh, thank you everybody for listening, and I hope to see you again in the future. Please check me out at www.daletphillips.com. Thank you. And to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Please join me next time for episode 14 of Murder We Write. Who will our guest be? That's a mystery. Short Cast Club.